Welcome back for our weekend special of Thinking Logically. This is the Podfather, and I am joined by the star of the show, Dr. Joseph Anthony Corsi. Joe, how's your weekend going over there? The weekend's not that bad. Um, the lack of sleep is finally starting to get to me and my wife. Uh, I got a good night's rest last night. Uh, my wife was a champ. She she basically took over last night and did most of it herself. I gave her a few naps in the afternoon, but it's, you know, you need you need both parents. It's it's very hard. It is very hard. It's not easy. So, But it is wonderful and it is beautiful. Mark, I can't wait for you to experience it. All right. Awesome. So we have a uh, big fantasy football draft tomorrow. Uh, so hopefully we'll see you there, Joe. Uh, one of our favorite days of the year. And uh, and we're going to get into a lot of information in this episode that uh, it, it's been a busy week. Probably the, like one of the quickest weeks of the year for me personally with football starting back up, school, which is this week just flew by. And uh, we have a lot to go over. So uh, that we saw a lot come out in the news this week. And we have a lot of hot takes on some of these topics, some student loan cancellation to um, more Trump and vaccine, Russia, Ukraine, Mark Zuckerberg. We're going to touch on a lot of these things today, and we're going to end the episode with a special endorsement, our first endorsement of the uh, of the campaign season. And uh, first, we are going to get into uh, President Donald Trump and the vaccine. Uh, we saw this come out in the news and I'm not sure the timing for me seems a little odd. I don't know why this came out this week. Maybe you could shed some light on that for us, Joe. But it deals with uh, basically, you know, Trump and correct me if I'm wrong, Trump, you know, rushing this vaccine through with Operation Warp Speed. And now we're seeing the effects of that vaccine we do today. Is that correct, Joe? That is correct. All right. So go ahead and tell us more about. Uh, the blame from the media uh, and how it, they are directing directing it toward Donald Trump. Okay, so I first noticed it. I can't remember if if I saw it or you actually sent me the article from Politico. The Trump administration pressured the FDA. Remember them. Remember that it's the FDA. The FDA to authorize unproven treatments for COVID nineteen and the first COVID nineteen vaccines on an accelerated timeline, according to a House report released on Wednesday. So, like I've been saying for weeks, they will try to blame everyone but themselves for this. And they are eventually going to blame Trump if there's anything found to be nefarious or wrong with these vaccines. But for those listening, you have to understand. For one, Trump wasn't in a laboratory at the top of Trump Tower wearing goggles and a lab coat. He only he, he allowed this to happen by using executive orders and other executive powers. Also... I'm going to ask you guys, without a vaccine right now in 2022, going into 2023, where do you think we would be right now in lockdown still? You better believe it. We'd still be in lockdown. The vaccine gave the opportunity to end the lockdowns, which, like I said, would still be going on now, unquestioned. You also have to remember that the COVID numbers were inflated due to a faulty PCR test, a test that doesn't even test for an active infection, just dead RNA. So without the vaccine, they can continue to pad the stats or fudge the numbers. But it became a lot harder once the vaccine came out. Why? Number one, you don't want to pad the stats with vaccinated deaths. So, but before we get ahead of ourselves, what happened when Trump suggested therapeutics? What happened when he suggested taking hydroxychloroquine? He was laughed out of the room. Exactly. Perfect. Amazing term. It was even worse than that. I actually watched it live. When he said that he was taking hydroxychloroquine, I was watching, I, I remember this like it was yesterday, Neil Cavuto on Fox News. They cut the freaking feed and called it misinformation and dangerous. Uh, what's worse is Fauci knew that hydroxychloroquine work, worked. Dr. Burks knew. He knew. The WHO knew. They all knew. And remind me, I told you, the FDA, who revoked the emergency use authorization for hydroxychloroquine? It was the FDA that revoked it. Why? Because they claimed it was ineffective against COVID. What was it? Can we compare hydroxychloroquine to the vaccine that was supposed to be 90% effective? Um, let's move back to the faulty test and the disappearance of the flu in 2020 and 2021. 
Um, I'm not saying I believe this, but the question, I, I, I guess, has to be asked. Does this go as deep where COVID never really existed and it was just rebranded as the flu and common cold using the faulty test that picks up everything? I'm not saying that I necessarily believe, believe that, but it would make a lot more sense as to why we never found the true origin of COVID or this White House isn't actively looking for the true origin of COVID. So I'll ask again, did COVID come from a lab or a bat having sex with a pangolin? Also, if COVID was just influenza rebranded, that means that hydroxychloroquine treats the flu and common colds. It means that we've had a known cure or great treatment the whole time for influenza, and there's really been no reason for flu shots. Re remember all this that I'm telling you, remember this, because at some point, they're gonna try to blame someone for what these vaccines are doing to people. Ask yourselves, who should we blame? The guy that gave us a choice or the guy that forced, or the people that forced it down our throats for two years. Also, why in the hell did Fauci want to vaccinate everyone that already had COVID? And, and this brings me to one of my favorite, favorite Fauci quotes of all time right now, because he was making people that already had COVID still get vaccinated. So this is Dr. Fauci from uh, sometime maybe in the mid early 2000s, I'm going to guess. Okay, here we go. Uh, but she's had the flu for 14 days. Should she get a flu shot? Well, no. If she got the flu for 14 days, she's as protected as anybody can be because the best vaccination is to get infected yourself. And so she if, she get if she really has the flu, if she really has the flu, she definitely doesn't need a flu vaccine. Yeah. If she really has the flu. She right. should not get it again. No, she doesn't need it because the, it's, the be it's the most potent vaccination is getting infected yourself. Okay, Mark. Uh, I'm going to sew my head to the carpet and you're going to take over for a little bit here. Give me your thoughts. All right, let's let's go from the top. Let's let's go back to November of 2020. Late actually, I think it was late October, early November of 2020. And we'll call it in the and I, I love this word, the run up to the uh, to the election. There were. Uh, and I'll start. Uh, I spoke to I'll, I'll just keep this person anonymous. I won't reveal his name, but. Uh, this person had a, we'll just say, relative that worked um, high up in one of the cabinet positions. And this person said to me, I saw him, this would have been probably late October, mid to early, late October of October of 2020, right? He said to me that there are millions and upon millions of doses of this vaccine ready to go, but they just, they're just waiting to announce it. And sure enough, I'm like, huh, you know, you, you, we kept hearing rumors of this vaccine. It was being close. You know, what, what was the deal? So sure enough, uh, right after the election, what, a week after the election, they announced that the vaccine was going to be rolled out in when? Mid-December of 2020. So they waited. They waited till after the election to announce this vaccine was ready, correct? Yes. All right. So we could we could look at that, number one. If they had announced that before the election, could that have swayed the election toward Donald Trump? I think we could say it wouldn't have hurt his chances, right? So they probably no, it intentionally it definitely have. Yeah. So they intentionally waited till after the election to announce the vaccine. And after they announced the vaccine, I thought to myself, wow, you know, that guy I spoke to was right he was right all along you know telling me that there was millions upon millions of doses of this vaccine ready to go um two i, I have a question for you what drug do you think better treats covid19 symptoms joe hydroxychloroquine or paxlovid um i'm gonna say hydroxychloroquine <laughs> I, I don't think there's any question yeah. i don't think pfizer owns hydroxychloroquine but you know what Pfizer does own? Paxlovid, right? Yes. So we can look at that, number two, that Big Pharma, they are in bed with, and I'm not going to say the Democratic Party because it's both parties, but they are in bed with the upper levels of our government, members of both parties, and especially, 
especially the media. Why else would the media be painting this picture, this narrative for us all, the, all this whole time that th drugs like hydroxychloroquine are not, you know, suitable to treat COVID-19, that you also, had to get a vaccine? Real quick, you should also note that hydroxychloroquine, I don't think can be patented. Correct. So there's really no money to be made off that. Right. There's no money to be made. All right. It's not that's not a big pharma type of drug like Paxlovid or the vaccines. are. So that's two. Right. That's two. Um, and then we, we keep going here. You know, we, we, we look at this and we heard about Dan Bongino this past week um, talking about how he heavily regrets getting the vaccine. You know, this, he was being treated for cancer. You know, he was immunocompromised. He wanted to see his daughter get married one day. So he, like millions of other people, bought into the idea of getting the vaccine because he thought it would keep him safe. You know, I was I got the vaccine probably two months after it came out. I had not, you know, I didn't never got a booster, but I did get two doses of the vaccine. And that's all I got. But, you know, I think a lot of people, millions of Americans, not a lot, millions of people, you know, thought the same thing, that this was going to protect them. Do I regret getting it? Um, probably a little bit, maybe a little bit. Um, did it, did it spare me from getting, you know, the Delta variation of the, of COVID? Maybe, I don't really know. Um, but like a lot of other people, you eventually get COVID and then you get over it and, you know, you move on. Then you, you're protected with immunity. Most people are right. Um, so that's kind of my take on all this. It's just the fact that we just keep going back to big pharma, the money that they're throwing at the media, the fact that they're the ones pushing this narrative. Why? All you need to know is that if Fauci is telling people to get vaccinated after they've already had COVID, you know, it was never a natural immunity was never a thing to, to Fauci, you know, in the early days of COVID. It was everyone had to get vaccinated, even if he had COVID. But why? You know, he's supposed to be a medical professional. And he's you played the video of him saying the best vaccination was getting the flu, you know, um, so it's like we're in a different dimension or something now. Like we we transported somewhere else. Right. And the final thing I'll say is going back to the flu. What happened to the flu in 2020 and 2021? It was like you said, how did it disappear? Was it because everyone was wearing masks? You know, did that prevent, you know, people no. from getting the flu? Absolutely not. It's just, it makes you wonder what in the hell happened. Go ahead. I mean, like I said, you can war game it out so many different ways. I'm not saying that COVID doesn't exist. It could be that COVID did exist. Maybe the two weeks to flatten the curve worked and it was a much deadlier form of the flu or, or some, some bioweapon, who knows? And then they just fudged the numbers using a faulty test and, and all the flu deaths were actually registered COVID deaths, all the common cold. There was motorcycle accidents. I'm not, we're not making this up. There was motorcycle accidents, car accidents, people on hospice that, that died and were listed as a COVID death. Give me a freaking break. And moving yeah. back to Dan Bongino, there are millions of people, I'm sure, that have cancer, AIDS, lots of serious health issues that were told and sold, sold of, of falsehoods that you need to get vaccinated because it'll help. That, that doesn't seem to be true. And millions of people put an experimental vaccine into their body because they were sold a bill of lies. Um, yep. And again, remind me, let's move back here. Remind me which administration spiked the football more on these vaccines. The Biden administration took credit numerous times. Here, here's one. Here's one. This is a tweet from the White House, May 12th of 2022. When President Biden took office, millions were unemployed and, and I, I have this highlighted, and there was no vaccine available. In the last 15 months, the economy created 8.3 million jobs, blah, 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 blah. Who cares about that shit? But it's right there from May 12th. He's trying to take, this administration's trying to take credit, saying there was no vaccine available when Biden took office. Yeah. Now, now it's, it's different. Let's look at another one. I don't Go. think, we don't, we don't want to keep harping on the vaccine thing, but why, why would they start blaming Donald Trump for the vaccine when it was supposed to be this lifeline miracle, miracle shot that you were supposed to get? Why now? And number two, I said this a few podcasts ago, a few episodes ago. Novak Djokovic cannot play in the U.S. Open. He's out because he cannot enter the country because he's unvaccinated. Give me a freaking break.
I mean, that's, that's, we're still here. And my last point, and I'll turn it back over to you and you can finish this, this topic out. When people need to wake up and understand the media is the enemy of the state. The media is the enemy of the state and they are the ones that are driving and pushing every single narrative that we've seen. That's all, that's all I have to say. I mean, you're, you're hundred percent correct in that. Remember who these people are that told you, you have to get vaccinated and remember what happened to Alex Jones for Sandy hook for telling falsehoods about Sandy hook and the parents sued him. When can we sue Rachel Maddow? When can I sue Anderson Cooper? When can I sue all these people, Joe Biden? When can I sue the president for saying, if you get these vaccines, you're not going to get sick? Remember, I shouldn't be alive right now. In 2021, late 2021, I was supposed to be facing a severe winter of death. I'm still here. Yes, the winter of death. Correct. Unbelievable. I mean, these are outright lies. It's, it's like I said, beyond Orwellian. Here's another, here's another video from, this is Anderson Cooper and Bill Gates. Remember these people that told you you had to get vaccinated or you would lose your job, you would lose everything. Remember, this is him saying, I think you would lose all your benefits, Social Security, everything. This is Anderson Cooper and um, Bill Gates. Uh, Social Security, you need to be vaccinated if you want to get uh, whatever, whatever benefits uh, they give, you need to be vaccinated. It's just, and that's Bill Gates just, just on the screen laughing. And the headline is exclusive Bill Gates on misinformation as a survey finds unvaccinated still thinks COVID vaccines are a risk. I'm, I'm losing my mind. I, I feel like I'm, I'm on a different, in a different dimension, honestly, than, than what we were in 2019. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I don't even know. We, we, we might as well just, just end it on that. But I see the Dan Bongino thing. The, no one's going to blame you for getting back. You were sold a bill of lies. But wake up today. Let today be the day you wake up. Yeah. We're not going to blame you for what happened in the past. Stop with the mask. Stop with getting the booster every four months. Just be a free-thinking adult, please. Yeah, and that's a good point. I wonder if we'll see a big push for booster shots this fall. As, uh, as maybe, who knows, COVID numbers maybe ramp up. I don't even know if they even keep track of that stuff anymore. But we'll see if they push for more booster shots uh, this fall, right? Um, yeah. So that, so I did want to mention that. And the other thing I wanted to mention, I'm not done yet because I'm getting worked up talking about this. But Keep on going. I'm, I'm the far it. left who the far left, the people that are, we'll say not even Democrats, people, the left left part of the Democratic Party who despise Donald Trump, who hate Donald Trump in the worst possible way. Yet they will do whatever the media tells them to do. They will listen to the media. They will do, they will, they will obey. They will obey the media and, and listen to every single thing they, they have to say and follow right along. My point is by saying that the media is the enemy of the state, not Donald Trump. Yet they want to direct all their hate and ire toward um, bad, bad man, bad orange man. So. And they think they think like I'm in a cult because I like Donald Trump. OK, well, Trump, we're not going to lie. Trump did say to get vaccinated. He, he said, take the vaccine. He never like came out and said anything bad about the vaccine. But at the same time, I'm a Trump supporter. And I said, no, I'm not taking that shit. Stop. Stop doing that, Donald. Stop saying that. Like, I, I, I don't support what you're saying. I'm not taking it. So who's the who's the free thinker and who's the, the sheep that's in a cult? You tell right. me. And, and a lot of and a lot of the Trump supporters were the ones being blamed for not being vaccinated. You know? Oh, you best believe. I bet you about 20% of the country has zero shots. Maybe about a third has zero, zero. Maybe, maybe they got one, one shot. It's, they were going to blame this on, unvac on unvaccinated people. They were going to say the unvaccinated people are getting sick and it's mutating and it's screwing up the vaccines. I guarantee you that would have been the narrative if you had 95% of the country get vaccinated. Guaranteed. Yeah. Well, I have this under my quick hits. Sure. Should we talk about this now? We might as well just throw this in here now since we're talking about it. Um, German health minister, uh, Mr. Lauterbach, says vaccination limits the COVID pandemic because vaccinated people develop symptoms quickly and stay home, while the unvaccinated people develop symptoms more slowly. Wait, what, what dimension are we living in? That has to be a joke. Are you sure that's not from the Babylon Bee or something? <laughs> that is not. That is the, the, the 
crazy, crazy German health minister. This guy is completely off his rocker. Oh and my God. I swear Germany's probably one of the last places I would want to be on planet Earth right now. Just hearing some of the things coming out of there with the with the vaccine, um, the the far, far left part of the Catholic Church, uh, the power and energy issues going on there. I don't want any parts of Germany. Oh, that's why I get educated, people. Pay yep. attention, get educated. But we got to move on. Speaking, Speaking of, education, of education. Yeah, go ahead. Take it away. Speaking of education, we uh, saw the president issue an executive order uh, about a year after we saw Nancy Pelosi say the president doesn't have the authority to erase student loan debt. Uh, through an executive action, President Joe Biden issued a student loan forgiveness to, I think, all borrowers. If you have a $10,000, uh, this will be a $10,000 forgiveness or $20,000 if you have Pell Grants, which Pell Grants are uh you know, a form of student loan for uh, low-income Americans. So um, before before you get into this, I, I have to give my take. And I'm being completely objective here. And, you know, we're no fans of, of the Biden administration, and I'm not a fan of the president at all. But my opinion and my take on this is that he is in a tough spot, really. If he, you know, he campaigned upon this promise that he was going to forgive student loans, Right. You know, if he if he doesn't do it at all, then he doesn't fulfill one of his campaign promises. All right. So what? Politicians lie all the time. If he forgives ten thousand dollars, it's not good enough to the to the progressives in in the liberal wing of the Democratic Party. Not good enough. If you forgive fifty thousand dollars, you know, um, well, maybe that's good. But we want full forgiveness. So he was in a no win situation here, if you ask me. If you were going to give me any option of forgiveness, if you're going to say, you know, all right, well, he's going to forgive a little bit. What what would what would be the number? I would probably say the number he, he picked it, it most, you know, maybe you could have went to five, but at most 10. But you're never going to please everyone, everyone. You know, he's getting criticism from the Democrats and Republicans on this on this issue. So I feel like he was just in a no win situation here. This, this is going to cost the taxpayers of the United States of America $330 billion. Billion. Right? Billion with a B. Wow. And the bad part is, yeah, it is. You, a lot of Americans are going to see some relief with this. Absolutely. You know, it's going to wipe. You know, my wife went to school for seven years. You know, she has lots of student loans because of that. So it's cer- certainly going to help us and knock about a year off student loan payments. But. And it's going to help a lot of other people, too. A lot of low-income Americans who, who are strapped with, you know, saddling student loan debt. So the, the issue here is, and, and, and we need to really focus on what the issue is. But, and I'll get to that in a second. But in four years, we're going to be back to the same amount of student loan debt across America as we are now. So this, where we are now, wiped, wiped off $10,000, you know, and in four years, we're going to be back to where we are you know, before this was passed. Right. But the real issue is the problem with colleges and universities. It's a complete racket. I mean, when I went to, you know, when I went to Point Park 20 years ago, I mean, I think tuition was like, you know, in the low 20s for a private school. Now it's like over 40. I mean, at what point does this college become completely unaffordable for the average American, even state schools in Pennsylvania, you know, upwards of twenty thousand dollars for an in-state education. It's just not right, especially here in Pennsylvania. You know, you go to other states like Florida, California, places that have lower in-state tuition where it's actually manageable, right? But colleges and universities, the tuition situation is, is unthinkable. Imagine when our kids get to college, Joe, what it's going to cost for four years of, uh, of an education. You Probably know, a couple uh, organs out of your body. Right. I mean, you're going to have to harvest, yeah, give a, give a, a kidney away, you know, um, be a surrogate mother or something like that to, to, you know, pay for college. It's going to be completely unaffordable, Joe, when our kids are that age. And this is the real issue. This is the real issue. I don't think it's, you real, know. Real for, quick, and real, I can jump real, in because I, I know the figures. On average, the, the household income has gone up about 1,000% since like the 1950s. But at the same time, college tuition has gone up about 5,000%. So just yeah. do the math right Yep. So that's my take on the whole issue. Again, I think President Biden was in a tough spot. 
He's getting criticism from both sides of uh, both sides of the aisle there, Democrats and Republicans. But I don't know. I don't know how we get out of this mess. How do you take down the college and university system? I mean, I just don't see ever seeing this getting any better with this tuition, how college becomes affordable. The only thing you could really do is go to community college for, for two years and then, and then go on to somewhere else. I don't know. Joe, what do you think? Well, first of all, let, let's, for the people that are getting the money, I'm happy for you. Like I, I already am. I don't hate you. I'm, I'm glad for you. But at the same time, I also feel bad for the people that already paid off all their student loans because they worked hard and, and, and they saved and they put the extra money every paycheck because they didn't want to have that debt hanging over their head and they were financially, physically responsible. I feel bad for them too. Again, I, it could be both. And you could take the money and still not agree with this. I mean, shit, why would you not take the $10,000? If you have, if you have $20,000 still in student loans, why not take the money? You could still complain that, Hey, this, this is dumb. I just, it just happened to benefit me this time. Uh, you can have that. Um, there's a lot of things I want to get to. Number one, let me play the video of Pelosi. Just, this was, I think, a year, almost a year ago, of her saying that the president actually can't do this. Okay. That the president of the United States, is this more on the subject than you ever want to know? Will you let me know? People think that the president of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone. He can delay. But he does not have that power. That would have to be an act of Congress. Where is Nancy Pelosi today on this? Uh, that's just one. What Number changed? Two, what no, changed? Nothing's changed. Nothing at all. Nothing's changed except maybe the dimension we're living in. Like I said before, it's everything is different all of a sudden. And there's no explanation and no one's held accountable for their words. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, I really want to play the video of Biden. But I, first, let me... The White House put out a bunch of tweets of all the Republican senators and House people and all, all the popular people that got the, what was it, the Paycheck Protection Program loans. So how do those compare with, with, with student loans? I don't understand. The government told you you had to close your business for all of 2020 or else you'd be either thrown in jail or face fines. Right. And they were giving out money for you to pay your employees with. And hold on, let me find the actual... This is from the paycheck overview of the CARES Act Paycheck Protection Loan Program. Um, on March 27th, President Trump signed into law coronavirus aid relief. Among the provisions, the CARES Act is the Paycheck Protection Program, a new $349 billion and I'm gonna forgivable business loan. It says forgivable in the freaking bill. What what am I what am I missing? Am I missing something here? There's no way I'm this smart where, where all the people, Anderson Coopers, the Wolf Blitzers, can't put this together. It's on purpose. It's on purpose. They want to hide it. And then Joe Biden has the nerve to say, if you own your people, people that are qualifying for the student loan relief, they deserve it because half them don't own their own home. And if you do own your own home, you ain't black. Here, I'll play the video. Many of you had to leave school because of financial strain was much too high. About a third of the borrowers have debt but no degree, and worst of both worlds, debt and no degree. The burden is especially heavy on black and Hispanic borrowers. On average, have less family wealth to pay for it. There's no, they don't own their homes to borrow against to be able to pay for college. They don't own their homes. The black people and the Hispanic people don't own their homes. So again, basically he's saying, <laughs> if you own your own home, you ain't black. <laughs> am, am I wrong? No, no. Okay. Do you want to move to the press secretary? I'm not even going to play the videos. I'll just read the question in her response. So this is from Peter Ducey. Who is paying for this? And I'll just read what she said. Um, Karine Jean-Pierre. Um, what we are saying is the work that is that this administration has done, the work that the Democrats in Congress have done is actually there. And Ducey responds, but when you forgive the debt, you're not just disappearing the debt. So who is paying for it? And she ignored it. And another reporter, <laughs> will, this, will this administration eventually release a cost estimate on the student loan forgiveness plan? And she responded, I don't have any more to speak on that. That's it. Pound salt. <laughs> and, then, and then lastly, I'm going to play actually. This, this, I guess I'm just going to play it. This is Steve Jobs, God rest his soul. Um, him explaining 
basically college and, and how he would do it. Maybe there, we're going to play this right now. It's about two minutes. So bear with me here. Of course it's not loading. Mark from the sound. Well, think about, think about while you try to get that up, think about living in a society like the United States, this wonderful, amazing country, the greatest the world's ever seen that the average student comes out with six figures of student debt after four years of college. Imagine being 22 years old and, and just being handed a $100,000 bill. Here, pay it off. I mean, it's, it's, mind, it's actually mind-boggling that we live in a country that this is acceptable. You know, I, it's just, it's, it's crazy to me. Okay, and I got good. Like I said, I just don't know in 18, 19 years from now, when our kids are ready to go off to college, what my advice to them is, go, is going to be. Go ahead. We started a full voucher system. You know, if you ask who are the customers of education, ultimately, I think the customers are the parents, not even the students, but the parents. The problem that we have in this country is that the customers went away. The customers stopped paying attention to their schools for the most part. What happened was is that mothers started working and they didn't have time to spend at PTA meetings and watching their kids school. Schools became much more institutionalized. Parents spent less and less and less time involved in their kids' education. What happens when a customer goes away and a monopoly gets control, which is what's happened in our country, is that the service level almost always goes down. I remember seeing a bumper sticker when the telephone company was all one, AT&T, the Bell system i remember seeing a, a bumper sticker with the, the bell logo on it and it said we don't care we don't have to and that's what a monopoly is that's what ibm was in their day and that's certainly what this, the public school system is they don't have to care i believe very strongly that if the country gave each parent a voucher a check for forty four hundred dollars that they could only spend at any accredited school several things would happen number one schools would start marketing themselves like crazy to parents to get students secondly i think you see a lot of new schools starting i've suggested as an example if you go to stanford business school they have a public policy track they could start a school administrator track so you could get a bunch of people coming out of college tying up with somebody just got out of business school they could be starting their own schools you could have 25 year old kids out of college very idealistic full of energy instead of starting a silicon valley company they'd start a school and i believe they would do far better than many of our public school teachers do the third thing you'd see is i believe that you would see the quality of schools again just like in a competitive market start to rise some schools go broke a lot of the public schools would go broke there's no question about it It would be rather painful for the first several years and but i think far less painful than the kids going through the system as it is right now and some people the biggest complaint is of course that schools would pick off all the good kids and all the bad kids would be left to wallow together in either a you know a, a, a private school or the rem remnants of the public school to me that's like saying well all the car manufacturers are going to make bmws and mercedes and nobody's going to make a ten thousand dollar car well i think the most hotly competitive market right now is the ten thousand dollar car now he's talking about both colleges and and even i think high schools too and elementary school it goes it goes for everything but very wise words from from steve jobs probably 20 or 30 years ago yep institutionalized is, is, is was the key word there so yeah it, it's just it's very very sad that that we live in a country that saddles 22 and 23 year olds with six figures of debt and again i i don't know how we get out of it and i don't know what the best what the best way going forward is but uh, you know, if you did get student loan relief, you know, great. Um, you know, I'm sure that helps you. We'll see what this does uh, in regards to inflation and how this possibly could add to it. I don't I don't want to sit here and say it will because it hasn't happened yet. Uh, but we'll see what the effect is. So do you want to move on to uh, more ways of spending our foreign correspondent? That would be you. OK, so speaking of wasteful spending, we're going to go move back to. Ukraine. This is it falls under Russia, Ukraine. So this was a, I don't think this is covered by any mainstream media outlets. But here, thinking logically, you're gonna get you're gonna get the news on this. So Russia requested. I believe this is on Monday. Monday or Tuesday is when the meeting happened. But Russia requested a UN Security Council meeting on the pronunciation here. Zaporizhia. Grando, how's my pronunciation in Ukrainian? Zaporizhia. 
Zaporizhia, um, the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant. So on Monday, there was a U.N. Security Council hearing. It started out with the Ukrainians accusing the Russians of shelling that power plant. Keep in mind, this is a nuclear power plant, so it's a very big deal. Russian's ambassador to Ukraine, I don't have his name here in the notes, responded by asking, why would we shell the plant when our own soldiers are inside? We then saw the Ukrainian officials, officials admitting they were the ones shelling the plant. The reason? They then claimed Russia had a military installation there. And that's when things got weird. The Russian ambassador then brought up live, up-to-the-minute satellite images of the plant that showed no evidence at all of a military installation there or any artillery near it. He then went on to make the point that the Russians know what weapons are being used to shell the plant, claiming that the shells are being fired from the howitzers provided by the United States to Ukraine. The Russian ambassador to Ukraine then asked, how are we shelling this plant with American weapons? And I'm not going to lie, it's a great question. It's also a big accusation. In response to these allegations, the, I believe it was the U.S. under ambassador to Ukraine said, that's Russian lies. We trust what the Ukrainians are saying. That's it. Nothing more. Shut up and stand with Ukraine, basically. Now, to our listeners, do you trust what the Ukrainian government is saying? I mean, do you even trust what our government is saying anymore? I mean, we are being lied to every day about this war in Ukraine. And before this shit spirals out of control, we better get a grip on things. Grando? I, I, don't, I don't know enough about this topic, to be perfectly honest with you. But I do know that Zaporizhia nuclear has been cut off from supplying power to Ukraine. So all four power lines are now dysfunctional. So, I, you know, this doesn't seem like a good situation when you have shelling uh, of a nuclear power plant, nuclear power plant like like we uh, like we're seeing here in Ukraine. But why would Russia do that if they have troops inside that plant? I, I, it's just, you know, this is something to watch. You know, we don't want we don't want to see this escalate into something more um, where it becomes more of a nuclear, you know, meltdown type of situation uh, like we saw in um, Chernobyl. But what happens um, if it's, what happens if the Ukrainians are the ones shutting it and it's and with U.S. weapons given to Ukraine, we have a we have another Chernobyl. What, what, who's going to be responsible for that? Are, are we just not going to care? Are we going to blame Russia again? That's a great question. That's a great question. You know, we have spent. You know, we've sent, spent, sent 50 to 60 billion dollars now in aid over there. And, uh, you know, we'll see. And just to have no defense at all when, when you're called out by the right, that, that's like embarrassing for, for our country. No, we just believe Ukraine. Those are Russian lies. That's not good enough anymore. Not whenever Ukraine, the United States and, and all these talking heads in our mainstream media got caught lying mm -hmm. and shit, shit, lying and shilling for Ukraine yeah. for six months. It's just I, it's not good enough. Now, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole, but what what kind of war is going on over there right now? I mean, Ukrainian soccer games are going on. I mean, they're they're playing. You know, where are the counteroffensive to take back the Donbass? Where are those at? Where are the, where are the actual videos of people fighting Ukrainians fighting to take back their land? Where is it at? Where, what happened to all the all the footage on the ground uh, of of you know? Um, you know, shelling and, and things like that and fighting. That a lot of them see. videos, you have to understand, they got caught lying about that in real time. Like the guy that got ran over by the tank was supposedly yeah. killed. He would end up being fine. There's been, I'm, there's so many stories we could go on for an entire episode about it. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not happening, but how, how bad is it over there? Not how it's being reported. Where they're having, for their, sure. their soccer league is go is, is taking place. I mean, if we had a war here in America, didn't the NFL would be, would be playing games? Probably not. If they did, if they did, you would know it. You'd have you'd have flyovers and patriotic. You don't see any of that, really. That's what I'm saying. That's my point. I don't I don't see anything related to this war and, and to the fighting going on anymore. You know, I'm not saying it's not happening, but why isn't the media covering it? You know, if, if it's if it's that bad, isn't it crazy that you got to be afraid and we got to tiptoe to even question? I, I don't care. You're honestly. right. That's a great point. You have to tiptoe around this topic and certain other topics because if you if you give a if you give a, a, a take that's contrary to the media and to what the Democratic Party wants and pushes, 
then you're looked at as a conspiracy theorist or a traitor. So, I mean, if you, if anyone disagrees with that, please reach out to me and let me know why. Joe? All right. That, that's all. I mean, we're going to fo- keep on following Ukraine and in, in this Russia thing, and we're going to try to find some truth for our, for our listeners. That's all. We will seek the truth. We're truth seekers. All right. Let's go on to the Catholic corner of the week. Seeking um, Jesus. Seeking Jesus. You know, again, going back to one of our listeners said, we need some good news. We need some, we need some, we need more, be more positive on this podcast. Catholic corner of the week. Uh, actor Shia LaBeouf converted to Catholicism after portraying Roman Catholic Saint Padre Pio in a movie about his life. So just a quick background about Padre Pio. Uh, very, very, very popular saint. Died in the 1960s. Uh, he is revered uh, in, we'll say, adored in Italy. I mean, there's a picture of Padre Pio like in almost every home in, in Italy. And he had some connection to Newcastle, I think, it's some, somewhere along his life. I think either he or his father were, were traveled to Newcastle for something. But, um, but there are some relics of his you know, floating around in America. Well, Shia LaBeouf, who was raised as a Jew, is portraying Padre Pio in a movie. And he lived in a monastery during the shooting of this film. And he experienced the traditional Latin mass, which I've talked about on this podcast before. It's the, the mass pre-1962, pre-Vatican II mass, the, the mass that uh, the woke Pope Francis wants to see disappear off the face of the earth. And some of his liberal cardinals, like Cardinal Supich in Chicago, they want this mass to go away. So Shia LaBeouf is a Jew. He portrays Padre Pio in this movie while he's experiencing the traditional Latin mass and he converts to Catholicism. And he made this public knowledge in a recent interview with Bishop Robert Barron of Minnesota. So uh, some good news there. And uh, I just wanted to touch upon that and, uh, and give that. So uh, we will move on to the next topic. And that would be the Joe Rogan podcast. And he had a special guest on this week. Joe, I'll let you uh, introduce him. I, I, w- I was honestly... My jaw hit the ground whenever I, I, I didn't know that Mark Zuckerberg was going on Joe Rogan. I'm, I, I like Joe Rogan. I don't religiously listen to his podcast. I catch a few every now and then. I listen when Dr. Robert Malone was on. But I guess we have no choice but to play the full two-minute clip here for our viewers because some Joe of them Rogan, Yeah, Joe Rogan is such a good interviewer that he actually got Mark Zuckerberg to admit this. Let's not forget that underlying point here. Go ahead. Yes. Okay, Mark from the sound department, where are you here? One second. Mark from the sound department. Mark from the sound department, Uh, paging Mark. Here we go. Big news item that's controversial. Like, there was a lot of attention on Twitter during the election because of the Hunter Biden laptop story. Yeah, we have this too. Yeah, so you guys censored that as well? So we took a different path than Twitter. Um, I mean, basically, the background here is the FBI, I think, basically came to us, and some, some folks on our team, and was like, hey, um, just so you know, like, you should be on high alert. There was, the, we, we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have it on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of, of, um, uh, of that's similar to that, so just be vigilant. So our protocol is different from Twitter's. What Twitter did is they said, you can't share this at all. Um, we didn't do that. What we do is we have, um, if something is reported to us as potentially um, misinformation, important misinformation, we, we also do this third-party fact-checking program because we don't want to be deciding what's true and false. And huh. for the, I think it was five or seven days when it was basically being, um, being determined whether it was false, um, the distribution on Facebook was decreased but people were still allowed to share it. So you could still share it. You could still consume it. So when um, you say the distribution has decreased. It, it got shared. It, how does that work? It basically, the ranking in newsfeed was a little bit less. So fewer people saw it than would have otherwise. So it definitely. By what percentage? I, I don't know off the top of my head, but it's, it's, it's meaningful. But I mean, but basically a, um, a lot of people were still able to share it. 
we got a lot of complaints that that was the case. Um, you know, obviously. Real quick, I'm going to pause the video. We got about 30 seconds left. Notice how he never gives a number, and he even shot away from a percentage, which is scary. But let's continue on. Is that? hyper-political issues, so depending on what side of the political spectrum, you either think we didn't censor enough or censored it way too much, but right. but we weren't sort of as black and white about it as, as Twitter. We just kind of thought, hey, look, if, if the FBI, which you know, I still view as a legitimate institution uh, in this country, it's a very professional law enforcement, oh my God. they come to us and tell us that we need to be on guard about something, then I want to take that seriously. Did they specifically say you need to be on guard about that story? I, no, I don't remember if it was that specifically, but it was it basically fit the pattern. Uh, OK. Um, wow. Wow. Number one. It wasn't disinformation. You, you, anyone with a brain and a pulse knew that in October of 2020, where was Facebook's third party fact checkers on this? It was so easy to verify that it was not Russian disinfo. It's it's actually embarrassing to go out if you're the FBI and say that. Uh, wait until Mark, do you have any comments you want to make about this before um, I get into Mark Zuckerberg? Let's not forget about the fact that Facebook is a private company. Good They're point. A private company Great point. acting at the behest of the FBI. Acting at the behest of the FBI. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? The day the FBI came in. So let's 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 break this down before you go any further when we talk about that there was collusion between big tech right in the government and the media it's all connected it's all right here you just heard it the fbi went in and said hey this is a uh, russian disinformation or whatever you want to call it misinformation hey um you might not you might want to censor this this post on your on your platform so what do they do they probably switch the algorithms around so that it became less engaging on Facebook. So they didn't go as far as Twitter and by, and by basically banning it from Twitter, but you just heard it. Why is that Facebook listening and doing the FBI's bidding right here with this? Dan Bongino gave a take and he blames Mark Zuckerberg for the trajectory the world is on right now because of this. Because of this story, because he believes that if Facebook would have freely let this article go and didn't change anything, that Donald Trump would have won the election. We wouldn't be in the situation we are today in well, just pick pick something. Right. So that uh, that was his take. And, and it's a good take, you know, but I'll, I'll turn it back over to you. OK, so. For one, you, you said, is this a joke? It's a private company. It, it might be a joke. It might not be a private company. Um, wait until people find out. And this is conspiracy land. I believe this. It, it might come out eventually. Wait until people find out that Zuckerberg didn't actually create Facebook and that it was actually gifted to him by, I believe, DARPA. Maybe that'll help people understand why Facebook does what it does. And for those of you that don't know what DARPA is, DARPA is the Defense Advanced Research Project Agency. Um, now I'm going to read this. This is, this is just, this is on DARPA. This is just from Wikipedia. The economist has called DARPA the agency that shaped the modern world and pointed out that Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine sits alongside weather satellites, GPS, drones, stealth technology, voice interfaces, the personal computer, and the internet on a list of innovations for which DARPA can claim at least partial credit. Its track record of success has inspired governments around the world to launch similar research and develop agencies. Um, now, if you don't believe me, fine. Here's a homework assignment for our listeners. Look up LifeLog. It's a DARPA product. Specifically, check out the date that LifeLog came to an end and shut down. Then look up when Facebook was founded and start there and keep digging. Stay behind the strings there's, I'm sorry, somebody behind the scenes is pulling Mark Zuckerberg's strings. This is why Facebook spent so much time on the 2020 election and so much money on the 2020 election. It's starting to make sense yet. He didn't create Facebook. It was gifted to him. He's the front man. He's the shit shield. Think about it. Would you, if it, DARPA, they created LifeLog. And if that went to Facebook, would you sign up for something where you log everything you do in your life if it was created by our own government? No, you wouldn't. 
But would you sign up for it if it was created by a college whiz kid that had no personality and the backing of all kinds of celebrities after a few months or years? Probably. Again, it was created by DARPA. This, this is LifeLog, and this is fact. I'm saying that LifeLog turned into Facebook and it was gifted to Zuckerberg. But LifeLog was created by DARPA not only as ways to track people, but as a way to influence people's thoughts. Maybe as a way to move the political spectrum in the country without people knowing it. I mean, do, Twitter's probably no different. Um, do, do the bots make sense now? Uh, Grando, well, Mark? My only question with that would be, well, well what about the Winklevoss twins? Okay, okay, so that I love that. I love that question. I did not think you were going to ask that, but thank you for asking that. So that would be a way to, what, what did the Winklevoss twins do with their money? Uh, they founded Gemini Capital. And the, they, a lot of Bitcoin stuff and stuff Bitcoin. like that. That is a way to shave off money without having to pay taxes, a way to legally kind of shave off money of the company Facebook and invest in other things. Does it, does it make sense now? It sounds like it's crazy, but again, what I said about Ukraine a couple months ago was crazy. What I said about the vaccine a couple years ago was crazy. What I said about masks was crazy. Just put it in the back of your mind. That's all I'm asking. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. That is interesting. And, um, you know, that that's definitely in the in the uh, we'll call it conspiracy realm. But, you know, we'll, we'll I didn't even get into his wife in China or anything like that. I didn't even div, delve into that. Let's just focus on the FBI and Joe Rogan. It's Priscilla Chan. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It wouldn't shock me if, if, if what you just said there is is true. Um, so, you know, this is a, this is a DARPA project. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I mean, nothing would shock me anymore, you know, but, uh, that is an interesting point. And, um, our listeners should not forget what you just said there. Mm -hmm. So do your own research. Exactly. Don't believe me. Don't believe me. Look it up for yourself. Do your own research, fellas and, and girls. All right. We are approaching coming up on an hour. Uh, do you want to get in our quick hits and then we'll wrap up? Uh, we might be pausing here for a quick commercial break. I'm going to see my producer. Okay. We're going to pause for a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with your quick hits, ladies and gentlemen. Here in America, we give out awards for almost anything. So why not give an award to those that carry the most weight? Introducing the Pennsylvania Pregnant Person of the Year Award. Auditions are coming to select locations in Beaver, Butler, and Allegheny County this summer. Come meet 2021 champion Paige Belcastro this weekend at Fred Taddeo Park from sunrise to sunset because she is just a total machine. The Pennsylvania Pregnant Person of the Year Award. Person, because we no longer define what a woman is. Okay, welcome back to Thinking Logically. We are in the twilight of the episode again. And we are going to get right into the quick hits. Um, the first one is good news, I guess. Uvalde police chief fired. Finally. Finally. So in Texas, the Uvalde school board fired Chief Peter Arund- uh, Grando, the name, Arundodo. I don't even know. Over police. <laughs> over police response to shooting that left 19 students, two teachers dead. Um, you see how quick we forget about Uvalde? Um, we've gotten that, that happened in May, right? Right. The school was ending and now school's back in session now. And we've gotten zero answers about Uvalde. Um, again, the guy, the kid was known in the FBI, just like the Buffalo shooter, still no answers, but Congress passed gun legislation in the name of this shooting. That's all we've gotten out of Uvalde. That's the only thing we've gotten is more restrictions on guns. Anyway, this, this Peter dude didn't even show up to the meeting, citing fear for his safety or, or some shit like that. Honestly, I, I, I can't even stand it. This, we still need answers from this. And we're going to bring this up in, in later episodes when we have more time. We might even do a whole special on this because something is fishy there. For over an hour, you have peep kids calling 911, teachers calling 911 saying, there's still an active shooter here, and they're hand- sanitizing their hands in the hallway. Yeah. There's 30 officers in there. It's one 17-year-old kid, 18-year-old kid, 19-year-old kid. I don't care. It's just, you want to talk about, maybe Alex Jones hasn't been that off about school shootings. 
and I, I don't care because this this has so many questions that need to be answered, and it's just like they are sweeping this under the rug. I, I, I want answers. I'm not denying that people were, were killed, um, but I want to know why this has just vanished from the news. Yeah. Um, well, at least we're talking about it. At least somebody is. Yeah. All right. Um, something I wanted to bring up that I've talked about before is European natural gas prices. They are soaring to new levels. And when we say new levels, we're talking like six times higher than they were last year when they were already inflated. I mean, we're talking like over a thousand euros per like megawatt of electricity. And again, you know, I, I truly feel sorry for these Europeans who are going to suffer this winter when it comes to their gas bills, uh, possibly rolling blackouts to conserve energy you know, throughout the winter. And this is all just self-inflicted. You know, you could talk about the war in Ukraine and whatever, but when Germany's shutting off three nuclear power plants, you know, because they want to go green and Donald Trump will go back to him talking about Nord Stream 2, you know, the Russians are going to hold them hostage. He got laughed out of the room for that. You know, so a lot of this is, is just self-inflicted. And um, I, I truly feel bad for the Europeans who are going to be paying a lot in energy bills uh, this winter. So winter is coming. And it's coming quicker because people don't realize Rome is about the, on the same line on the globe as New York City. So you have to realize like Northern Europe and then you get the Sweden and, and Norway and then Denmark up there. I mean, it, it gets cold. It gets, and it gets cold, cold quicker. It gets cold quicker than it does here and in, in where we live. So. Yep. so this is all across the continent. This is not just limited to certain countries this is across the continent so um yeah hang in there and uh you know I, I, you know this is an easy i i it seems to me like an easy fix if they just went nuclear you know went back to nuclear and and, and started these up again but apparently it's not that easy so no they're gonna go they're gonna go stone age and burn trees klaus schwab firewood what economic forum they are going green baby yeah all right. All right, let's move on to my favorite Senate, Senate candidate, John Fetterman. I'm, I'm going to play two videos. One's a quick 30-second ad about fundraising, and one was him speaking. Um, I don't know where he was at. It was in front of a bunch of union members outside of their union hall. So let's just play this. Malfunction. Uh, your amazing building. Do you think of the 10 homes Dr. Oz has? Has a union hall across... Their home? Uh, if you say, you think the word of steel worker, what words come to your mind if you say steel workers? Of all the words that bring to your mind when you hear the word steel workers, does the word pretty tay come to your mind? That's not a word that's going to come to my mind. Pretty tay is wrong with demanding for. An easy, safe kind of their income. And this is one simple and one simple truth. If you send me to Washington, D.C., and there's going to be choices in front of me as the next senator, and it's going to be, it's going to be what? Are you going to stand with the union way of life, or are you going to stand with trying to destroy the union way of life? And there is near, there is no doubt in knowing I'm going to come down and stand with the union way of life. Yeah. Senator to Washington, D.C., guess what? You're still going to have a senator that's going to be living across the street from your steel plant. I'm going to be the kind of senator that's going to be living. Mark, yeah. hold on. <laughs> I have one more video for our listeners to listen to while they're listening. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hold on. It's not okay, okay. He, he is completely malfunctioning. Hold on, here we go. Here we go. Republicans are spending thirty-four million dollars against me. Can you chip in anything right now to help me fight back? This is the most money ever spent by a group against the Democrat in the 
industry. Okay, I'm not for making fun of people like this. I'm sorry, when you are running for the office of a senator in the United States of America, you have you have you have to be able to point this stuff out. I, I don't care if we are making fun of him or not. Drop out of the race, Fetterman. John Drop Fetterman. Out. John Fetterman is like a host from Westworld, basically. Yeah. Um, oh my God. Yes. <laughs> that's that's who John Fetterman is. It, it, oh. And it's so ironic that he's talking about unions and being standing up for unions and the union way of life when he's never had a real job in his entire life. These fucking dogs. What, what do you have a fox something going on over there, Joe? Pretty much. I don't know. Someone's probably <laughs> at the door. <laughs> he has never had a real job in his entire life. Uh, he was, you know, he lived off mommy and daddy. Um, he got his little allowance and then he became the mayor of Braddock. Um, so. But did he live across the street from a still plant? Question mark. <laughs> yes, he did. I believe Edgar, Edgar <laughs> Thompson works in, uh, in Braddock probably. Um, so. John Fetterman, I mean, we have to have the two worst Senate candidates in America with these two guys. I was asking somebody, he's a, um, I would call him a, a potential political candidate in 2024 locally. And uh, I, I said, where are all the Dr. Oz ads? He's like, listen, he said, they're coming. He said, you have to wait until after Labor Day um, until because no one cares before Labor Day. He said, you're going to see. Um, basically Oz bombard the airwaves after Labor Day uh, when the uh, election season really ramps up. So uh, hopefully he's right about that. But yeah, it's back to Fetterman. Um, but, I, it's just so bizarre. Real quick, though, on Oz, at least with Fetterman, he's out there. You know what you're getting with him. It's not good with Oz. I, again, still, you don't know. He was for transgender surgeries and kids and all of a sudden he was, he's a super Republican now and he was all for masks and all of a sudden he's against masks and He's just a, he could be a stake in the grass. We're going to have a whole special on this kind of stuff for who we're, who we're endorsing and stuff like that in the future. But just keep that in the back of your mind. None of these candidates are good. We, you should be offended as a, 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 living in Pennsylvania. That these are, this is the choice they give you? Both parties. Sick. Bad. So. All right. Let's, let's move on from Fetterman before I just have, have a brain fart and can't speak either like him. So. All right. So Joe Biden and the and Joe Biden's White House was involved in the Mar-a-Lago raid. This is coming from Jack Posobiec on Twitter and John Solomon reports. Um, you can follow him as well on Twitter. And I really don't want to get into it too much because we're running out of time here. But it, it's it amazes me how this raid went from Trump illegally had top secret nuclear documents to Hey, he wouldn't give us these documents we asked for back, so we got to raid his house. I mean, this this is a banana republic shit. It totally is. Did you see the affidavit? Uh, uh yeah, it, it just had basically uh, about a hundred black lines through it. It had nothing. It, had, it it was like a slap in the face. And then like the news media comes out and pounds us and says, "Look at this. He he didn't want to give the documents back. Can you believe this?" I'm like, well, "What else? What does everything else say?" We don't know. It you never know. Heavily, heavily redacted. Oh my god! So I guess we'll really never know. But Jack Posobiec uh, also believes that they were after Spygate documents. Yes. Do you want to talk about that briefly? Um, real quick. So the Spygate documents go back to the 2016 election and Hillary Clinton and all that fun stuff. Am I am I wrong here? No. Um. You can elaborate more. My my internet's lagging. But basically, that's what the FBI was going in for. That's that's according to Jack Posobiec. That's his theory. That's what he believes that they were going in for Spygate documents to retrieve those, so that they would not be in Trump's possession anymore. That way, that absolves Hillary Clinton and the Clinton campaign from ever, you know, spying on on Donald Trump. That's basically what we're getting at. It's just like I said. The whole the whole raid is weird. The fact that they wanted him to turn off the cameras and why would you want to do that? They they don't. There has to be FBI agents or certain people there that run the raid that they don't they don't want them on camera for some reason. Right. I, that's the only thing I can think of. I, I don't know. This right. is banana republic shit though. And I think actually the Washington Post or someone had an article 
where Trump actually claimed it was Banana Republic, a Banana Republic thing. And they came out and they said they showed a graph of all the countries that have had um, previous presidents or leaders jailed or accused of crimes. And literally, it's it's like it's all the South American, Central American countries and African countries. That are yeah, that's the definition of a banana republic. And those are the countries that we say are banana republics. Right. A lot of people uh, don't understand when we say when people say banana republic, a lot of people don't know what that means, you know. So there you go. It's not a, it's not a clothing store we're talking about. Right. But. All right. Uh, um, I think we that would be it before we get into your endorsement. Actually, I do have one thing. Um, I was thinking Philip A. Flood, he must be on vacation this week. We are going to get a COVID watch update. But uh, the first lady, Dr. Joe Biden, has tested positive for COVID-19 again. So she experienced some rebound. Uh I don't call it symptoms or non-symptoms or whatever, but uh, she did test positive again. I didn't see that she was taking Paxlovid, so maybe they left that little detail out. But what that's are three in a row. That's three in a row. That's Fauci, Fauci Joe Biden, and Joe Biden. Yep. That took, All that's test positive for COVID, and they're clear. Then they test positive again. What's going on, guys? I mean, we have to start talking about this stuff. What oh, is going on? Why? does this keep happening so um i know you have a special announcement you want to make yeah we're going to make our first endorsement um we're going to get ahead of this um so for governor of pennsylvania i at least and i'm sure mark mark will too eventually if not right now am gonna go ahead and make my first endorsement and that's gonna be doug mastriano for governor of pennsylvania and i'm gonna unleash my nickname for him diet DeSantis. he's not as funny or as outgoing as him he doesn't have the the that kind of personality but he is a great candidate for us in pennsylvania he's pro-life he's election integrity um you won't have melon ballots here in pennsylvania if we elect doug mastriano as our next governor and he's going to go to bat for us um josh shapiro we don't know who he's owned by um and he was the one if you remember that i think it was illegally got got the mail-in votes passed where we all use mail-in votes and there's no checking or anything used. Everyone gets sent a ballot in 2020 and you fill it out and you send it back in and look what happened. And, you know, we can't, elections got to be the most important thing. Um, we could sit here and we're going to, we're going to have our own special. We do every candidate in Pennsylvania possibly, and even some more from around the country. But my first endorsement is going to have to be Doug Mastriano, AKA diet DeSantis for governor of Pennsylvania. All right. There you go. That's our first endorsement of the podcast of the election season. And, uh, and like you said, we just want to get out in front of this one. Uh, this was an easy one for us uh, because well, all the reasons you said. So um, that is going to be it for thinking logically this episode. Thank you for listening to episode 11 of our weekend special. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, more news, more takes, more hot takes. And, uh, We will see you in a few days. Can't stop, won't stop. All right.